0: My blog was called natural Nicole, and it was all about, uh, it it started with me cutting my hair off and growing it back without chemicals. So I cut my hair off like super short and I documented the journey. So it was, um, it was something that was interesting for people to watch and to learn and to see, like, wow, you know, she's really trying to embrace an entirely new lifestyle. And
1: it's called Natural Nicole? Nicole.
0: Natural Nicole, yep. And so, and it's actually so profitable for me. I haven't blogged in probably two years, and I still generate an income because it was it
1: was monetized. Hey, everyone, welcome back. It's Ryan Williams, host of Stories from the Influencer Economy. The Rhino Lab. Every podcast episode, we speak with a business leader, best selling author, or online entrepreneur launching the next big things in media to help us find purpose and meaning in all of our businesses and lives. Episode 116 with Nicole Walters is coming your way. I want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart for leaving iTunes reviews, comments on my website, and subscribing to the email newsletter. I have been thrilled and overwhelmed by all the support, so I'm giving you a virtual hug today, and I want to remind you that you can go to my website, InfluencerEconomy.com, and I'll give you a free action handout for how to tell three badass stories to be your authentic self. I'll help you write your fixer story, your badass authority story, along the way. Without further ado, here is Nicole Walters. This is a great episode. Stick around to the end. We talk a lot about how to build niche communities, monetize thyself, and make products and businesses that people love. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy. This is your old pal, Ryan Williams, here this week with Nicole Walters. Nicole, welcome.
0: Hello, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So excited to chat with you because you are... uh, a woman who I greatly respect based on oh, <laughs> your experience with working with entrepreneurs, and you have a corporate background as well. You've been featured on ABC News, Fox News, Entrepreneur Magazine. You speak two languages, one of which is Fonti, the other is Twi, which is mm-hmm. their dialects from Africa, right? From right. the Ghana region.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: Um, so, uh, and you're really known for being a sales expert and income strategist. So let's talk about these Ghani's language you speak and sure, h- how sure. much income strategy and sales you get <laughs> <laughs>
0: from that. By yeah, speaking no, I these wish it was worth more. No, I went to school there for a year in the fourth grade and uh, my parents are both uh, immigrants from Ghana, West Africa, and they came here and they were all about the American dream and, you know... Uh, but they also were like, hey, no, you need to be in touch with where you come from. So I went to school and got it for a year and picked up the language. And it's something that I have, but I don't get to use very often, unfortunately.
1: Which shows you're smarter than the average bear, right? Oh, thanks. Gen- <laughs> I think genuinely speaking, like whether it's coding, Spanish, sure. uh, twee. like if you're curious to start it and learn a new language, you have an aptitude you know, to really better yourself.
0: Well, thank you. I also speak the language of sales and the language of making money and the language of captivating audiences. So, I mean, I must be brilliant,
1: Ryan. (laughs) You're just magic. You're a magician. (laughs) Thank you. And what I love about you is you're in the intersection of kind of the corporate learnings of Mm -hmm. your experience of making money for Fortune 500 businesses, but then you bring that knowledge to entrepreneurs, which I equally work at doing. So I'd love to talk more about the intersection of those two worlds that you live in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's interesting because it kind of was a happenstance, weird, wonky thing. But I blogged for five years about African American beauty, so like hair care, wigs, products, all that good stuff. And I did that on the side while doing, you know, everyday senior executive work for companies like T.R. Price and United Healthcare. And that was going great. I was a top earner. It worked very well for me
1: at healthcare. That sounds like deathly boring. Oh, I mean,
0: beyond deathly boring. I mean, <laughs> no, realistically, it it's boring to anyone who doesn't understand it. But part of my job was to make it fun and interesting to understand. You know, I had to make something that people dread and that has a lot of complexities become entertaining and something that they're enthusiastic about. And uh, I figured if I can do it with healthcare, I can pretty much do it with anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know while I was doing that all of my blogger friends were like hey you know you run a profitable blog and you're generating income how are you doing that so I was telling them yeah you know I pay attention to things like my reporting and I've always cared about my overhead and my margins and I was using all these technical terms what was the blog called my blog was called natural Nicole and it was all about uh, amazing it started with me cutting my hair off and growing it back without chemicals. So I cut my hair off like super short and I documented the journey. So it was, um, it was something that was interesting for people to watch and to learn and to see like, wow, you know, she's really trying to embrace an entirely new lifestyle and
1: it's called n- natural Nicole.
0: Nicole, natural Nicole. Yep. And so, and it's actually so profitable for me. I haven't blogged in probably two years and I still generate an income because it was, it was monetized, you know, the entire well, I love
1: that. First of all, I know, I, I know I'm interrupting your story, but there's something <laughs> here Right, <laughs> and talk about the influencer economy book. It's mm-hmm. all about underserved internet communities right? that maybe can't, can't, like a, I, I, interview a lot of beauty bloggers on YouTube that are Asian uh, American women, mm-hmm. and they said that they don't know how to apply makeup based on anything you would see at the mall because right. they're not. There's no not a lot of Asian women selling hair care products at Absolutely. you know Macy's.
0: Yeah, and it's a real thing. So I think that a commonly misunderstood fact is, you know, African American beauty is a is a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, African American women buy eighty percent of all the products that are available for purchase in relation to hair care. So I mean, if you go down a beauty product aisle in a store, 80% of those products are purchased by African American women. But only, you know, 20 of the 20% of them actually cater to our specific hair textures and curl types and things of that sort. So everyone turned online. We were like, how can we make our own products. How can I love we learn it. what works? And that's where I started. I, I documented my journey to switch from using products that may not have been, you know, niche market for uh, my hair and my ethnicity to using products that were, and, and I shared what worked and what didn't work. And while I did that, I partnered with brands. I used fill. I leveraged affiliate relationships and I also charge people directly for information via consulting.
1: And this so, is literally while you have your day job.
0: Yes. While I had my day job. So there's Absolutely.
1: this of everyone says, you know, quit your day job, pursue your dreams, that's BS. Right.
0: right, no, it. not only is it BS, it's actually not really smart. I mean, it's you terrible can advice. Say- it's terrible advice. I mean, yeah. wh- I, I'm grateful to say that I have a debt-free business, and I've always had a debt-free business. And and you want to talk about entrepreneurship being risky and stressful. There's nothing more stressful than having a bunch of debt on your back while you're doing it. And so. being
1: married or have a significant other or have oh, children yeah. or a mortgage. A
0: and all that. So it was great because I could always look at my husband and say, you know, how great is it that I brought in enough money to pay for a vacation? Or how great is it that, you know, I, I'm buying a new laptop or desktop for my business, and I'm doing that with money my business already earned? But what it also means, and I think this is the kicker that you'll really relate to, Ryan, is that I started my blog on my cell phone. You know, I I started out with a WordPress. I didn't even have like a, you know, big fancy laptop. And I took all my photos in front of a window, which I call God's ring light, you know, and I was taking all my photos with my phone for my site. I didn't have all the fancy features. I didn't have a Canon T3i. You know, I I earned my way to being able to pay for those things and made sure that my margins added up. And that's what companies do. You know, I I should insert
1: one of these lines right now, like done is better than perfect. Yes, or, yes, or, yes. Or perf- perfection is the enemy of uh, create- creativity. Or...
0: Absolutely. Hold yourself to a standard of grace, not perfection. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. so many. The reason why they exist is because you got to get out there. You just got to launch, you know?
1: And it doesn't matter if it's you struggle or it fails because that's part of the story. Absolutely. Like you can actually chart your growth and say, can you believe I went from point A to point D? And now you have a camera, you know, or now you're using you have ads on your blog. Like you know, months later, years later, that's people love the growth. They want to be part of the story with you.
0: They love it. And at the end of the day, I, I think that one of the things that people often forget, whether it's selling online or building a product online, is that. You know, it's called social media for a reason because we're supposed to be interacting with people. And too often we're worried about, hey, that's the face of a consumer and not, you know, a face of a person who wants to interact and get to know you. So one of the best compliments I get is not, oh my gosh, your graphics were gorgeous or wow, what an amazing launch. The best compliments I get are you're you're my best friend in my head, you know, (laughs) and my kids love watching you, you know. And that is truly inspiring because it means that we've made a connection that's genuine and obviously, you know, financial rewards come from that.
1: Well, there's a certain element here of like friendship on demand, right? Where right. you have to help people learn and become smarter, but then you have to be engaging and people will like want to talk, you know, to their friends in real life. But if their friends aren't available and they're up at two in the morning, Smart. they may as well hang out with someone that has the same sensibilities as them or someone Absolutely. they can relate to.
0: Or tapping into a journey that they're interested in pursuing, but maybe they can't find someone like them locally in order to continue that journey. So for me, here I am, a corporate woman who's saying, oh, I'm going to go into the office the next day with my hair completely cut off, you know, and I'm terrified about it. I haven't done this in 30 years because my hair has always been, you know, chemically straightened or flat ironed or blown out or something. I'm going to do something totally different because I want to be different. I want to embrace the unfamiliar to get unfamiliar results. And I want to take you there with me because if you've ever thought about this i'm gonna do it first and watching letting people watch that journey and see that you know hey i survived you know it allowed them to take steps of their own
1: you didn't get fired
0: i didn't get fired i made it and my hair grew back you know so it was it was it was an all-around win ryan how did you
1: get the (laughs) word how did you get the word out about your your hair journey
0: About my hair journey. So, I mean, I started, strangely enough, again, like you were saying, kind of working your way up. I started on Tumblr. I wasn't very savvy with WordPress. I didn't know much about, um, you know, how to navigate. I hadn't taken courses. So, I mean, the world is different now because that was, you know, years ago. Six years ago. Yeah, it was about six years ago. So uh, now, I mean, you can get all the information you need on how to start, you know, right or, you know, in a more formal way. But yeah, I just started from my phone on Tumblr. And so I was just posting photos. And eventually I switched over to WordPress because the engagement, you know, people wanted to know more. So I I needed to have a platform where I could teach them a little better and they could access the information. And
1: people were trying to learn more about their own hair?
0: Absolutely. About, like, well, what product did you use to get your curls to stay that way? Or when you traveled and you went on vacation, it seemed like humidity didn't affect your style. What did you use? Or what styles do you use so that you can feel more comfortable and confident? You know? So you people, were like the
1: guinea pig, essentially. I
0: was the guinea pig. I shared and
1: then, that journey. And you found this market opportunity at a very seemingly niche market is actually this is a massive market
0: it's a massive market and there's uh you know statistical data to support it and i mean if you've ever taken your wallet out and paid for something that seems unconventional for you that means that there's a market behind it and you can absolutely expand upon it
1: and so now you know at that point you know you were working the day job and then i i I, I, I obviously know you talk about (laughs) what's that
0: I said long nights, like, you know, because yeah. you're managing two things. I think that that's another misconception. People think, oh, my gosh, like, I can't do these two things at once. No, I mean, I had two jobs, you know, on weekends. My husband, bless his heart, he's a round Jewish lawyer, doesn't get a thing about African-American beauty. But he was like, OK, this seems to be a thing. I'll go along. you know. So my husband's coming with me to these events, you know, so that I can because they're whole it's a whole community, you know, so we're, I'm going to events. I'm speaking on panels and I'm booking speaking engagements. And then come Monday, I'm back in a suit back in the office office to
1: talk about hair
0: yeah to talk like about hair in this double it's like, life I really am and it's funny because I would talk about it in my office um you know working in my healthcare office saying hey you know I'm a blogger and I just spoke in front of like a thousand people because they're like what would you do this weekend you know and they're just kind of like oh that's cute you know <laughs> which I thought was the funniest thing because no one really got it oh and... you're so
1: adorable Nicole <laughs> that's so, so adorable. bless Are your you heart
0: influencer what does influencer even mean you know <laughs> yeah just thing. But, um, when I had my quit day, it was, it was equally fun for me.
1: <laughs> this is phenomenal because a lot of people, you know, they listen to self-help business podcasts and, and they get so encouraged and they get bad advice, like quit your day job. And yeah, yeah, yeah. actually a lot of people don't realize this. Many entrepreneurs are risk adverse. Oh, absolutely. And, and they, they hedge their bets. And so absolutely. if you're, if you're, um, it's called, um, sorry, Nap, nap, care, Nicole. Yeah, <laughs> natural Nicole. yeah, natural, Nicole. Natural, Nicole. Yeah, N A P. Yeah, like natural,
0: okay. but just with a P in it. Natural. Like a, a play
1: on the word nap.
0: A play like. on the word nap because my hair has like a kinky texture.
1: So you took a word. Maybe people say your hair is nappy, then that's like negative, right? But you're yeah, owning it.
0: Yeah, I, I embraced it. I made. I it love positive. the
1: brand of that. Right? You kind of oh. own what people think maybe a like a, a weakness. Right. And you turn it around, and you're like, no, it's a strength. I,
0: I don't, yeah, I don't need to straighten my hair. I don't need to put chemicals in it. It's actually perfect just the way it is. And I'm going to show you how to make sure that not only is it perfect in its natural state, but it's also gorgeous and you can embrace it and you can manage and care for it. And it works. It's worked. so
1: interesting because I, so I have a, my book's The Influencer Economy. And influencer has a connotation of some people think it's gross. So influencers, like you're paying people to promote sure. your brands. And a lot of people think influencers are celebrities, and and so during my talk, I have to own the word influencer and say, well, a lot of you, a lot of people are no talent zeros on Instagram right, who get a bunch people. of likes because they look sexy in totally blue true. jeans.
0: Totally true.
1: And those people aren't influencers. And I say that I do data around Kim Kardashian's tweets and Ryan Seacrest's, right, um, right, and and his Instagrams and how they're mascots and celebrities right. are really mascots. They don't move the needle on social media because you have to play with words and realize that people are going to have a perception around cuz language is so powerful
0: it really and is
1: it's awesome that you took this word and that's it's unique that's your personality right there coming out
0: yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, I was just um, in Boise, Idaho, um, at an event called Craft and Commerce uh, for ConvertKit, which is like an online email marketing system. Oh, yeah. And um, I was there speaking, um, I had a keynote speech uh, with Seth Godin. And uh, Seth is amazing. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He, yeah, I know. Talks- He's
1: in my podcast. And Oh, perfect. I, I interviewed yeah. him last year. I sent him a copy of my book, actually. That's awesome. Out. So
0: you get yeah. it, yes, Seth. I mean, he talks all about stuff like this. But one of the things that I said in my keynote was that, um, you know, you're not Kim Kardashian. You know, when I was talking about the importance of bloggers, because the audience is primarily bloggers, the importance of embracing that. You know, what you've been hired to do a job. You know, and if you're if you're here sharing your story or if you're representing a brand, you actually have to work. We can't just get paid for showing up at a club. You know, you have to have something of value to bring these people to change their lives. And if you're not clear on that and you're just in it to get a check, well then, hey, it's not gonna work out for you. So, you know, shake that theory that you can just show up and look cute or take a good selfie and make money. You've gotta have something behind all of that.
1: What was the response from that comment?
0: <laughs> I, a, a rave cheer, <laughs> <laughs> a rave cheer. People are like, yes, I am not Kim Kardashian and that is okay. Thank
1: God. I don't even take selfies. Thank God. I
0: taste, well, it's almost like a release because I think that so often we worry about, I mean, there's a whole like worrying about the color scheme of your social media or even honestly, even thinking you're good at social media. So if any of your, you know, you know, influencers or want to be influencers or soon to be influencers listening or thinking, well, I'm not great at social media. I just can't figure out all the posting and stuff. Well, you know what? Neither am I. I struggle with an iPhone, you know, what? I'm just not tech savvy. And it's just one of those things where I realize, let me just get onto social media and relate and be real and share the truth and do it with on t- authenticity and aim to make a b- an impact in people's lives. What and was the name of
1: your talk wh- at the conference?
0: Oh gosh, what was it? It was... Oh gosh, what was it? What was it? I, I'm blanking. I'm what blanking. was Seth's talk
1: Especially
0: about? Seth's talk was... It was the same talk that he always does about... <laughs> oh, that
1: sounds awful! About that li- sounds awful! The, 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 li- the lizard brain? <laughs> yeah, what the lizard brain! <laughs> guess, what, guess what he told... Guess what the first story was in my podcast a year and a half ago? The lizard brain story. It's
0: still true, though. That's the thing. It's still true. And, you know, he touched on a couple different things about the purple cow and the dip and all his concepts. But uh, that's what Seth's talk was about. And for me, it was about um, shifting from, you know, popularity, focusing on popularity to profitability. So that was the concept of my chat. Oh, that's great. and then I essentially talked about, uh, you know, what I call in my community, the Rich Friend Manifesto. So everyone in my community, they're called rich friends. And uh, that's a term they use. They're like, hey, rich friend. And what's up, rich friend? And the reason why we say that is not because it's about, you know, being monetarily rich, but it's also about being rich in purpose and being rich in mission and being rich in family and being rich in, you know, caring about the business that you're building. You know, there's there's wealth in a lot of different areas. So I talked about some of the principles of living a rich friend life on stage, one of which is you're not Kim Kardashian. We show up and actually do the work.
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing just uh, falls in your lap.
0: Absolutely, nothing falls in your lap. And I think another one was uh, we don't automate relationships, we automate systems. Because
1: a lot of people, they think that they can scale just a bunch of customers and have a big community and an audience and then build products with for them, and then that, that they're not solving problems. Right, right. right. And so everyone has ideas, and I and for me, I, you know, I'd love your thoughts on this. Is like the difference between someone who's super successful and someone who's sort of successful is the problem solving, and they don't have a, a like you solve the problem with women's hair, right? Right? You know? Right? It wasn't yeah. intentional. You actually, I mean, I would I would make the case you fell into it. I did. And suddenly, yeah, because I
0: mean, it just worked for me. So.
1: And it, but that was you, and that was your your personality, your authentic mm-hmm. story, and you could relate to people. And so you know, what are your thoughts about like, kind of the problem-solving aspect of business and how so many people miss the mark because they're focused on doing their thing their way without even understanding that the feedback is so important in building something?
0: No, absolutely. I think Zig Ziglar has a quote. I can't remember. I'm going to paraphrase, but something about, you know, the way to build sustainable income is to find a way to serve other people. Right. And then once you figure that out, then, you know, solve their problems, serve them, then you don't ever have to worry about money. And I think that too often we worry about money when it comes to how will I capitalize online? What will bring me the most revenue? And what is someone else doing? And one of the principles that I use in the Rich Friend Manifesto is it's important to disrupt and not duplicate. So we want to be disruptors. We want to come into this space and we want to do things that are different and impactful. And the, the best way to do that is to find a problem that's existing, find something that's a tweak, change it and make it better. Um, a great example uh, is I just started seeing a personal trainer because I do a lot of on stage work and it's very high energy. And I just, I was like, I am, girl, you are out of breath. You need to get your situation right. You know? so, <laughs> so after that, I hired a trainer and my trainer is great. He's 24, new entrepreneur and trying to figure out a great retail product. Because that's a great stream of income. If you have like a physical physical product, like T-shirts or mugs or journals, it's it's great. You can earn a lot of revenue that way. So he wants to come up with a product. He was like, but everything's already been invented, and I was like, that's true. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, occasionally new things come about, but how can you improve on something? And he was talking about muscle rollers. Now, have you ever heard of muscle rollers? Do you know what they are? Not so not if all. you work out a lot, they're these foam circular. uh Pillar things that you basically put on the ground and you roll your back over them. And when you roll your back over them, they kind of give you like a massage and they help release tension in your oh, muscles. Oh, I love those things. Yeah, after working out, right? Yeah, so,
1: like if you have a tight hamstring, you roll on that's them. Right. Yeah,
0: you roll it out. Well, Ryan, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever listened and, and knows this or if they haven't seen you in person, but uh, you know, you aren't like some, you aren't, you know, Hulk Hogan, muscle builder, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, and neither am I. The camera
1: takes off fifteen pounds. The I'm the actually takes really off swollen. Pounds.
0: Let's just be completely honest. You have a massive neck that looks like it could crack walnuts. But <laughs> for the sake of this story, we're just going to pretend like that. I not- was just
1: down at Venice Beach, actually. So <laughs> that's um,
0: right. That's <laughs> right. So for the sake of this story, let's just say that you know we aren't as familiar with some of the things that a physical trainer be used to. Oh so- yeah told me was that the muscle rollers that are currently on the market aren't really great for people who are builders. You know, If you're a bodybuilder, if you've been working out a lot, they're insufficient. They're too soft. They don't actually reach the the depth of the muscle massage that they need. And I was like, well, what do you use instead? And he was like, I just go down to Home Depot, buy a piece of PVC pipe, and I roll myself out that way. And I said, so you're telling me that there is no product for a need that you have and that you found another way to accommodate that product. That is your... Thing to market, you know, right there. Because yes, you might say, "Oh, that's not something everyone's going to need." But I the- feel like
1: everyone's going to listen to this podcast and, and want to be your best friend, it. right? It's <laughs> like, "Hey, let's go to get coffee," and then suddenly you're like, "Oh my god, you should turn that into a business." You should turn that
0: into a business. Like, no, but are that's, you that kind I mean, of a friend? I am that friend. I'm like, how come the phrase that I use is, "How come that isn't monetized?" But you could monetize that, <laughs> and
1: it's just like, I love that. It's just, no, it's great. Like I, I'm the same way. Where you know, like I, I talk to people, and I'm like. What problem are you trying to solve? How are you addressing that problem? Is there a product you can make now? Can you launch it tomorrow? Like similar approach, because everyone has all these ideas, and there's nothing worse than when you talk to someone and they're like, "I thought of that five years ago," or they yeah, get really I'm, cynical, I like, I
0: think "You're killing me."
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, like I'll tell someone about my book, like, "Oh, I thought about that three years ago."
0: Oh my well, god. Well, why didn't you do
1: anything about it, right?
0: Well, and the new version of that, I think, is that we get caught up in the social proof and we get away from actually solving the how. So we spend so much time saying, well, I need to build social proof. I need to have good photos online. Like my trainer, for instance, he's got all these hot pictures of him, you know, flexing on Instagram, 11,000 followers and nothing to sell them, you know? So it's like, what are you doing? You know, you're, we're also worried about having this gorgeous popularity online, which can feel very fulfilling because it's like, oh my gosh, these people care about what I'm doing. There's, you know, a need. Here. There's a purpose behind it, but you're not really helping people, you know, the best that you can by not because you're not giving them a solution to their problems.
1: So that comes so. back to the popularity part just because you have. A million followers doesn't mean you're going to make a business out of absolutely.
0: Your I actually I consult now for I have a couple celebrity clients that have million and multi million dollar following, and they're working with me because they're saying like I'm I i do not generate any revenue off of this, and the only revenue I get is when you know Flat Tummy Tea or you know some tooth whitening company says hey I want to you know work with you in order to you know make generate income, and sure they make great money doing that six figures, but I mean with a million dollar following, I mean you could be that could be it. That could be all you do all day. So
1: yeah, well, yeah. Well, and getting back to Kim Kardashian, like not all of us want to be Kim. No, I don't want to be Ryan Seacrest. Right. And moreover, I did the data on their tweets and Instagrams. They get like one percent like per follower. Oh yeah, uh, for Ryan Ryan Seacrest's Instagram and Kim Kardashian's tweets, they convert at less than half of a percent. That's so, you crazy. may as well be throwing your money for back banner ads, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, engagement is king, right? If people and aren't niche, actually interacting. The more
1: niche you are, the more specific you are, then that's oh, like where you can actually find that. Fit.
0: Absolutely. And I've also found that, you know, I've been really blessed. I, I was able to always get my fair share in my niche blogging world, my fair share of the hair care market, you know, because of my engagement was crazy. So they would have, you know, other bloggers that may have had 200,000 followers, but they were like, no, like, Nicole, we actually get a higher conversion rate on your sales, because people trust your word because you don't recommend every product because you aren't chasing after every dollar. And because of that, you know, we want to work with you instead. We us talk about the-
1: that right? Because you're not going after like the hard dollars. You're just saying, let's go after the right dollars.
0: Absolutely. And that isn't because I think it's fair to note that it's not because I don't like money. And I think people are no. so uncomfortable saying that, you know, and it's like, no, I like it is. I grew up incredibly poor. So my dad was a cab driver in DC. I slept on a couch till I was 12. Like I, I grew up really poor. Now
1: he was a Ghani's cab a driver cab in cab D.C. Driver, DC.
0: Right. In DC. So I mean, I, I was, those,
1: I know that t- I used to work at a law firm That we were the plaintiff for a lot of African
0: cab drivers
1: that would get hit, and they wouldn't have money for a lawyer. So for
0: a lawyer, yeah, it's a tough situation. And what's crazy about all of that is, you know, I grew up really, really incredibly poor, and now that I am a one percenter, I can honestly say that it's a lot better over here. So you know, I like money, you know, and but I also have learned that I I have integrity, I have authenticity, and that people deserve you at your best, and your word is all you have in this virtual space. So because of that, what I did first when building my consulting business, where I help people actually monetize themselves is I I set up, a means to pay myself that wasn't reliant on brands and that didn't rely on me having to compromise myself for affiliate partnerships so that I'm able to generate revenue and I can have the power of being able to say no. And that has benefited me tenfold because if I do bring a brand partnership into my membership community or into a product relationship or I hit up my email list, everyone knows, hey, she sends out like one of these a year. I'm at least going to open it. I'm at least going to read it. And, and, this, and she's going to make a compelling argument for why it's used and back it with data of how she's done it and 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 then and only then I'll go ahead and engage so yeah
1: and so when you talk about monetizing yourself or oneself or thyself you know you mentioned something earlier we were talking about in the pre-call about you need a way on your website for someone could they can pay you for something
0: right right right
1: right what's your thought behind that
0: yeah. So I think that what's, um, what's nuts is you'll have Instagrammers that will uh, be solely on Instagram. They won't have any other means of contacting them. So it, whatever the rotates in that little bio link right at the top is all you've got. And if I were to click on that link and say, oh my gosh, I love your outfit and I want to go somewhere. I click and I go to their website. Well, their website has an about me section and it'll might have a contact us section like for customer service. It may have like a portfolio of their outfits of the day. And, um, and, they may have you know meal plans or something of that sort that you can like check and see and download and it's great if i'm able to collect emails sure but now what? What if I what if I already have a relationship with you? You know, from Instagram, all that work you've made, you know, putting out these beautiful photos. I just want to buy something. I want to purchase whatever it is you have to offer. Well, your page has got to have a place for me to deposit my money. Whether that is setting up a store on Shopify so that I can go there and actually buy a T-shirt or buying your book and your meal plan, making them easy downloadables for as little as twenty four ninety nine. That adds up, especially when you have traffic volume. Um, or of course, if you're gonna walk me through an entire experience, make that available so that I can purchase it or at least so I know it's coming so I can engage and give you my money.
1: And what's your course called?
0: My course is called 1K One Day Academy.
1: And then you call your community rich friends.
0: I call them rich friends. That's but not right. just for
1: money. We're talking like they're rich, helping oh, yeah. others. They live rich, fulfilling lives, not just Absolutely. monetarily.
0: Well-rounded, and I think that that's part of my um, my niche in and of itself. So I recently became a mother of three. I adopted three girls, seventeen, oh, nice. fifteen, and going on six. And uh, family is incredibly important to me. So one of the things that they know is if I'm guiding you and building your business and helping you monetize, that's not going to come at a sacrifice of your everyday life. It's that balance is important to me. I, a balance is bogus. A ball's always going to drop, but I'm never going to say pick your family last. And uh, that's something that they know they can count on me for. So so yeah, rich rich in all means
1: but so it sounds like like just you get you you have self you, not self-awareness but you just get yourself like, <laughs>
0: barely I, I always tell people I'm a functional hot mess every
1: but you're functionally hot. <laughs> I like that
0: <laughs> like every single day I'm like Nicole like why do you even think you could do that like you're crazy right now but you're so,
1: <laughs> your self-deprecation like. goes a long way
0: <laughs>
1: because like you're honest with yourself Like, I just tried to give you a compliment and you deflected it. So. Oh,
0: my gosh. No, I can receive. Go ahead, Ryan. I'm going to – go ahead and give me a compliment. I'm going to receive it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I think you do a really good job of just being yourself. And I think everyone who's listening to this right now wants to get paid to be themselves. And they want to build a business around being themselves, right? Not because they want to make a ton of money but because they like having options, and they don't want to have a corporate boss like you did. I've worked for Disney. I got laid off by Disney. Oh, man. And I went to work for a startup a, a month later. So I had my severance. I got a raise. And it was a, the best career move I ever made, right? Sure. And But that corporation told me that I sucked, right? They were like, go away. <laughs> we we don't need you real. anymore. Sure. So you live this life where you left corporate, and now you're helping others actualize themselves. And I think that's remarkable. So Thank don't even you. accept this compliment. Don't even thank accept it. Thank you. I receive happen.
0: it. I receive it, Ryan. I'm taking it. <laughs> taking it but and I'm But I think that's
1: why you're really good at what you do. And I so I want to thank you for coming on. And I don't do this a lot, but I want to have you on again. I don't think I've ever offered someone a second invite if they're interested for six months from now because sure. you gave away so much great value information. I don't like the word value. You gave away like just nuggets. And I appreciate that. You practice what you preach, which believe me, I get a lot of people whose podcasts I don't post or I do because they're very popular. Sure, but sure. They have such a ne- they such a they have such an um how can I say this nicely? Their authentic story of who they are is so inauthentic. <laughs> sure, and I know
0: it's the uh, I always like to say the PR version, right? Yeah, it's yeah. well trained and well tailored.
1: <laughs> and they give themselves such a a narrative that is so constructed that it's boring.
0: Sure, yeah, I'm not that fancy at all. Like, no. i literally a hot mess, like I said, every single day. I mean, I'll re- I'll never forget the first day after I quit my job, which I did live online in front of 10,000 people, which is like, again, just a- yet another example of how I, I do things. And I-, I was standing in my kitchen, you know, I was sta- the very first day after I quit my job, I was standing in my kitchen, getting ready to make coffee, bawling, because I was like, I quit my job and I don't know, like, I don't know what to do. I have things, I have a busy schedule, I have a business I've built, so I've hired myself, but I also... I'm like, I just woke up and I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do anything, you know? And um what's great is I documented all that stuff online. I did all of that stuff live. So part of helping people is I also get to share the journey. The people are watching me do this live online. Every day I get on there and I to share some aspect of it, how it's hard, how I cry in my bathtub, freaking out, yeah. you know? And, um And I think that authenticity has helped people know that it's not so pretty all the time. Um, But it also shows people it's possible. And I hope in six months I've got an awesome, you know, new thing to talk about and one more great win to share with you. Um, But if I don't, I would still come back and tell you everything I did wrong so that hopefully, you know, your your great listeners can avoid it.
1: Well, there's also like an element here of vulnerability where Mm -hmm. like I'm vulnerable in that I know my emotions really well. I'm not afraid to tell you what my emotions are. And right. if you don't have your emotions in check, then I'm coming right. for you.
0: Right, right, right.
1: right. And so, so, but some people aren't ready for that. Like, sure, you know, and That's they. That's the hardest
0: they, part about being in this space. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, I, why don't you want to listen?
1: I did. I, I I've suffered from depression in my past, sure. like clinically depressed, when I was in Washington D.C.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: did stand-up comedy. Yeah, I'll D.C. You will make about, you depressed.
0: I mean, I'd like, I'll I'll let get you be the this. judge
1: if I was funny or not. Um, oh, pretty a funny. Depressed stand-up comedian, I mean. but I um. But I did a podcast episode about that, and then yep. and then people in my my wife's family, her, my in-laws, were like worried about me, like I was depressed. And I was like, no, no. The whole point of that was being vulnerable and telling you I was depressed ten years ago.
0: Absolutely. And, well, and I want to so help so other impactful. people. It's impactful. It's impactful. No one talks yeah. about mental health care. I, um, I talked about, you know, being an entrepreneur. I ended up doing a seven day intensive recently where I went to Orange County and I sat with the specialist and it wasn't because things were wrong. It was because I wanted to make sure they continue to go right. I wanted to do a fine tuning. I want to make sure that my anxiety was in check, you know, and that I was able to keep going. You and it, you I did always... an intensive
1: for mental health or for. Oh,
0: yeah, it was a mental health intensive where I sat down and I, I really like dove deep at, you know, any targeted issues make sure that I didn't have like, you know, residual daddy issues or whatever, you know, because – if you're in the business of helping people every single day, and you're saying that your word is worth something, you have to care for yourself. And it was great to share that journey with everyone because it let them know that, you know, there are resources that are inexpensive that they can engage to get therapy. It also let them know that it's not weird to need therapy. And it also gave a perspective of my business, you know, this is part of being a business owner. And honestly, when you're an influencer, isn't that what it's all about to influence people to better themselves, yeah. not just buy stuff. So, so I, I think that that's what it really looks like to do your job in this economy
1: and it's like you have for me it's like i talk about mental health like 10 percent of the time uh-huh. right? i can't build a business on being a mental health health like sure, expert sure. nor do i want to but if you right. don't represent that underserved part of yourself or the underserved part of the community where people feel like okay i can't get this anywhere else because you're right you got to be on top of your game if you want to launch your own business
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you never know what's going to speak to people. And you never know what's going to deepen the relationship. So whether it's my kids telling me that I'm not as good a mother as Beyonce, or, you know, me sharing my mental health journey and crying (laughs) in a tub somewhere, you know, you just never know what side of it's going to make someone say, you know what, I'm going to take this leap. I'm going to do entrepreneurship, because if it looks like this, I know I'm at least not that bad.
1: (laughs) So, so, you
0: know, it's just me doing my part.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Well, I love this conversation. And could we just find out where you are online where do we go to get more information about nicole
0: absolutely if you want to know anything else about me my businesses or just get in touch you can find me at nicolewalters.tv and um and i'm always on twitter that's how ryan found me so yep. if you ever want to chat just send me a tweet at natural nicole
1: yep I, I i was telling nicole i don't do a lot of cold outreach randomly on twitter but i was <laughs> compelled and, oh, you're and- and this delivered. We'll find out what Beauty the people side. think, but I, I'm 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 thinking this delivered. So this was
0: fun. It was really really fun. And guys, if you don't know, like Ryan wore a coral shirt for me today, right, and yeah. that's when I knew that it was going to be good. And
1: you're wearing like a, <laughs> you're wearing like a turquoise one. So we're a like turquoise.
0: it's all like springy floral. It's like, like we're at like
1: the aquarium thing. with this that's uh, right. video.
0: And if you weren't inspired to do entrepreneurship, look at this—it's tropical all day. At the very <laughs> least, we have
1: like very good color palettes,
0: right? And
1: in, in closing, I'd like to say that I think you're probably a better mom than Beyonce. So uh, uh,
0: I appreciate that. You know, let my kids hear. Yeah, <laughs> like that,
1: that, this guy in a coral shirt said, "I'm better than Beyonce, guys."
0: From your lips to God's ears. Let's hope it all comes together.
1: <laughs> all right, awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ryan. That was Nicole Walters. She is epic as an interviewee. We had uh, connected many times, and so I was really happy to get her on. Make sure you check out all her stuff. Monetize Thyself is uh, one of her main communities, and I also love the rich friends concept. Quick reminder if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, please leave a review. It really helps us to get discovered by new listeners. Also, if you want to sign up for the email list at influencereconomy.com, it's going to have a lot of videos and ebooks. Around how to grow your influence, collaborate to scale your company, and tell powerful, epic, badass stories. It's all about the story in 2018 and beyond. Influencereconomy.com.